Welcome to the Popolitikin Show. Created in 2008, Popolitikin is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each conversation, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Our focus is to preserve the hip-hop culture and introduce the future upcoming stars. Past guests on the Popolitikin Show include Yo Gotti, Megan Thee Stallion, Da Baby, Currency, MC Light, Jay Prince, Dead Prez, Raz Cass, and more. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get automatic updates on each episode. Keep politicking with Poe on social media at Poe Politicking. Visit our website, poepolitikin.com, for more exclusive content. Welcome to the Just Two Black Brothers podcast. I'm DJ Perry. That is my brother, Poe Politicking. And tonight we are joined. Hey, this is a legend for us. You know, I'm a I'm an '80s baby, so we got a we got a we got a we got a legend on uh, uh, Mr. Dr. Dre, sir. How you doing? Thank, thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, yeah. sir. Thank you, sir. I was just thinking about. It. I was like, I was like, man, you and Ed Lover was the two original two black brothers. So we owe you some money. We gotta send you a check. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for that blessing and thank you for that love. Yeah, All like I, I really want to just give you props because um, like I said, man, I think like a lot of stuff, you know, like you you just pick up on stuff when you kids. And I remember just watching y'all when I was little, and I'm like, damn, I'm doing this shit now. But I know it had to do a lot with y'all, man, because I was like probably like seven or eight, maybe six, man. We my uncles was like. My uncles and auntie was like four or five years older than me. So, you know, they was watching it all the time. And I was just engulfed in that stuff, man. Like you, Ed Lover, D Barnes, like all y'all. Like I just grew up on y'all. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Like I said, I, I appreciate that. The love, the blessings. And, you know, we were all inspired by the likes of Don Cornelius and Flip Wilson. And I'll even say Bill Cosby of the world and, a lot of other folks, Richard Pryors, and to get that opportunity we got, we just said we want to make sure we kept it real to the people, and that was most important to us. And then I, I want to ask you about, we're going to start the interview um, pretty soon, but I just want to ask you, so what you think about, I know they came out with a, a new Yo! on TV Raps. It's on Paramount Plus, I want to say. Yes, sir. Yeah. You checked it out yet? No, sir. Oh. I have I have no no negative to say about it. I wish them all the best, and the blessings go to them. And let's see what they do. Yeah, I guess that question probably was were you guys consulted on that <laughs> uh, before they put it out. Um, but I guess I could probably tell you know because we don't like start no drama on this on this podcast. So I guess no, I could no, tell I'm, from. Look, I'm not worried about drama. Believe me, um, we weren't the first to ever do something like that. True. It won't be the last. And the blessing is, just as you gentlemen are moving forward, they're moving forward. To me, I just smile and say, hey, I did a little something in this lifetime. Definitely. And uh, like, like Paul said, look, this this is, I, I'm 42, so this line, this, this part of the movie, Who's the Man? It stays with me forever, right? That doctor was not happy with you. <laughs> he said, I went to school all these years to get the title doctor, 
And you just call yourself Dr. Dre. <laughs> That's my good friend. Yeah. He was not happy. Loan after loan, year after year in medical school. And I walked out today. I'm Dr. Dre. Uh-huh. All day. <laughs> yep. But now, Paul, um, you got it. Yeah, I would say that was, that was like one of my favorite movies too. Like that movie was like so hip hop. It had so many people in that movie, man. So I remember I used to watch that movie like all the time, all the time, just on repeat. Thank you again. And when you get an opportunity and it's on some other channels, please bounce, bounce, bounce. Uh, all day. So, so I would say, so uh, how you doing right now? Like how are everything going with you right now? Man, I work very hard because I have a foundation called Dr. Dre's Victory Foundation. We basically work with people who are blind amputees, type 2 diabetics, and really just people with disabilities and special needs because we want to give them greater access to just what the world offers. And we do that through trying to raise some funds, do some events, and I'm being very blessed with meeting and collaborating with other bigger foundations because we're just starting out and creating some good alliances. And we're gonna be a big splash in a moment. We, we got a couple of big things in, in laid out. Um, also, I've uh, written a, a book. Now, now I'm on book two as we speak, because we were gonna release it before the pandemic. But when the pandemic hit, I pulled back a little bit on it. And now I just went back and I'm doing some re-editing and some modification on one. And it forced me to start working on the second one. So we're gonna get both of these things together and put them out. And the first one's called Yo, Bigger Stuff, the Dr. Dre episodes from 1989 to 1995, which basically explains my life in the world of Yo MTV Raps. Oh yeah, that's what's up. I got, so, I, I got a book right now I'm holding. It says, uh, it's probably an older book. It says Naked Under Our Clothes. Yes, that was yeah, one I bought I that one. With Ed, yes. Yeah. We had a good time putting that together. And you know, thank the thank the uh, co-writer with us who did that, and thank our manager who put that book together, and and um, Linda West, and you know we're proud of it. Yeah, how how long have you and Ed been friends? Man, we actually started our friendship on Yo MTV Raps. Wow, we, wow. we were together for years and years and years prior to that. Right. We both met at the audition for Yo MTV Raps. Well, that's dope. So, so they, so y'all basically had what they was looking for since y'all was able to uh, 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 mesh that uh, that connectivity with each other, that chemistry with each other. Not quite. No. Basically, oh. <laughs> I was, basically, I was a good friend with the executive producer, the late great Peter Darty, who was a good friend of mine because I used to DJ for the Beastie Boys, and he called me in about uh, doing something with the Yo TV Rap Show at Fat Five Freddy was hosting on the weekends. So Ted Demi, the late great Ted Demi, was a good friend of Ed Lovers. He called him in and asked him about it. So needless to say, us being there at the same time, and you can read all about this in your bigger stuff, and I've done interviews about this, and we actually met there, and it was Ted Demi's idea, who was the production assistant, moving on to being the producer of the on TV Raps, to put Ed and I together. So Ed and I got in his office. We did an audition tape. We saw these Jamaican dreadlock wigs hanging on Ted's 
coke rack. We put them on and cracked Ted up. And Ted said, yo, I got to show my execs this. You guys are great. I got up, walked back down to Peter's office. Ed sat down in Ted's office. Ted came running back down the hallway. He grabbed me and said, you know, I got an idea. Since Fab doesn't want to do the Daily Show, mm. why don't you two guys host this show? And I looked at each other and we said, I said, well, I got to think about it. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Ed knew me because I used to host my own college radio show, The Operating Room, at Adelphi University. So he used to listen to me um, in Queens. So I thought about it and we decided, let's do it. Let's, let's give it a shot. But we made one promise to each other that no matter what we did, we would stay true to who we were. We weren't going to go on MTV and create a Dr. Dre and create an Ed Lover. We just worked. Mm-hmm. And that's why we had a great, great relationship to this day. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm happy. Like I like when, um, I don't know, man, I just like seeing friendships. So I like the locks. I like seeing people just stay together and stuff, man. I don't like seeing people break up and stuff. Well, you know, you grow and you change and you want to do different things. So sometimes it's good to separate and explore and do what you want to do. I had a lot of years before I met Ed in this industry, I was signed to Def Jam as the concept, AKA moving on to become original concept with my partner, T Money, who was also on Yo TV Raps as Yo Mailman, Easy G Rockwell, and mm-hmm. Rapper G. We put out a couple of hit records, Can You Feel It, Knowledge Me, and one of the biggest ones, Pump That Bass Live. So I was already pretty well versed out there and we wrote a song for Run DMC on their Raising Hell album called Proud to Be Black. So I, you know, I, I've been out there making records, doing different stuff, hanging on with great people, my man Davey DMX. Um, and, you know, was finding a new route as we completed the original concept album. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, did you ever have like, you know, cause you know Dr. Dre in the West Coast, the producer, did you ever have any pressure to change your name? No, did he have any pressure to change his name? Right, you're the first Dr. Dre right here. Uh, yeah, no, there was, you know what's so funny? I do a um, online show tomorrow night with Alonzo, Alonzo Williams, mm-hmm. the world-class record group. Yeah. And we'll be on tomorrow from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on YouTube, it's called Legendary connects, and we laugh and joke about. He says, "I can't get away from Dr. Dre." And we have the great connector herself, Queen Bernadette, who puts us all together, and the show is really good, and we're having a good time, building and growing with it. Yeah, I'm gonna say, tell tell Lonzo Peace. He was a guest on the show, so yeah, that's the homie. Absolutely. So yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah, that's the OG. That's the one, like, he, he the godfather in NWA. Yes, he's the West Coast godfather hip-hop. Yep. Alonzo Alonzo Williams, my partner. So, so I would say, I would ask you, so what's your opinion of, um, like, the current state of hip-hop? How, how, do, how do you feel about it? Well, the current state of hip-hop, to me, will always be the current state of hip-hop. And I say yeah. that because we get it confused a little bit 
as time goes by and the energy changes and the artists change, we want to try to, it's like saying, well, Michael Jordan, I mean, um, well, not Michael Jordan, um, uh, LeBron James was so much better than Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Michael, how do you compare? Right. I was saying Michael Jordan was better than Dr. J. No, it's a different comparison. Different artists, I mean, different athletes, different periods of time. Mm. So the state of hip-hop today is where it is. Some people say, well, Dre, don't you wish it was back in the day when y'all was killing it and you was doing yo and you and Ed was on I-97 killing it? No, <laughs> because when we started it, and I come from the early days with Woody Wood, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Grandmaster Flowers, Curtis Blow, Africa Islam, Soul Sonic Force with Africa Bambada. You know, it was different. There were different groups that had different expression. Just like I consider the original gangster rapper because he was the first one that called himself the gangster of rap. Uh, Other people say, no, it was Schoolie D. I like Schoolie D too. So uh, I don't compare generation to generation to generation. Because technology changed, we got older, they got older, new youth came up with their ideas, and the amigos are who they are. You know, uh, Cardi B's who she is. Everybody has a time, and they do what they do with their time. And because of the innovation of the internet has totally changed the concept of what hip-hop culture, music, and vibes. When I came up, it was called, excuse me, it was called rap music. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved in the hip hop culture. It dealt with the graffiti, the dancing, the DJing, Mm -hmm. you know, the lifestyle, the the fashion we created, not the fashion you ran in and bought. So it's different. So guess what? Let's see what else they can do. I try to listen and keep up. What I like, I like. What I don't like, I don't like. I didn't like everything when I was coming up with it. Right. But guess what? It still survived. It still evolved. I was going to say, who, who do you like? Who you I never say that. Right now? I like a lot of folks. Because people used to say, well, Dre, who's on your top 10 list? Who's top five MCs? <laughs> yep. All of them. Because I like songs. And I like th- certain people. I mean, I like Chub Rock for Treat Em Right. I-, I can like Drake for, you, you know, his songs. I, I can like um, Nicki Minaj for certain things she does and innovates. So I, don't- I go song by song. I can like 2 Chains. I can like UTFO and Roxanne, Roxanne, as well as like Roxanne Shante. I can like Big Daddy Kane. I can like Snoop Dogg. I mean, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. I like the song. If you come up with a hot song, AKA Craig Mack, you know, mm-hmm. when he came out with his song, Flavor in the Ear, it just changed everything. When Buster Rhymes put your hands where his eyes could see, changed everything. That's what I'm looking for when I say, oh, I like this artist. They changed everything. 
Now the phrase, oh, this is it. This is the hottest. This is this. Oh, this is over the top. Oh, this is the best ever. You're wearing it out. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. I know something's hot. When you put that needle to the groove and the people go crazy. I remember the first time I watched Naughty by Nature in a huge venue do OPP. Oh, yeah. And you couldn't hear anything. I remember watching my label mates and my good friends, Public Enemy, Chuck D and Flavor Flav do Rebel Without a Pause. And it shook everything. So when I say what do I like and what I don't like, I like the music. I like the energy. I like the artists. I like female rap artists, some of them, some I don't. I mean, when you realize that the sequence actually wrote Apache for the Sugar Hill Gang, you go, what? Mm. Yeah. Or the Cold Crush Brothers are the, the fathers of the, the, the gimmick on, on, on doing songs. I mean, there's a lot of folks that contributed to this beauty and this icon culture we call hip hop in their own incredible ways. Who are you gonna compare Dougie Fresh and, and, and Slick Rick or Ricky and Ricky D, D, D in the place to be with the show? Mm, right. Name me right. today's show. Look, I was just talking about that the other day. I, I, I was like, when we gonna get another uh, The Symphony? You know, we ain't had nothing that was like The Symphony with Marley Morrow. Really? Okay. You ain't had nothing, ain't heard nothing like that since. Uh, nothing like, look, even Sugar, uh, uh, what's, what's the, um, Rapper's Delight. Well, you just, you ain't really heard nothing like that. But we, that's, but that's our thing. Our thing is to give love to the foundation of this genre because we, we people forget this is the youngest genre, you know, and, and so at the time, you guys were the founders but also tinkering with it, experiment with what worked and what not, and what, and then it, it turned into what we what we do have today. Even though it sounds nothing like it, it just it, you guys were that were those forefathers to this young genre. So we we try to you know have you guys on so that these youngsters could see like oh this is where you got your you don't know where you got your style from. Yeah, they don't well, let me know. They, they don't know they coaching tree. Uh -huh. let, 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 let me trip you out real hard for a second. One of my favorite rappers of all time, favorite rappers, is Ella Fitzgerald. Mm. Ella yeah. Fitzgerald was rapping before Nicki Minaj. Okay, that nigga's ain't talking about. And you yep. know, stop yep. it. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. What about Cab Calloway and Minnie the Moocha? You sound like James Brown was rapping some. Hold on, I'm, I'm going there. Because yep. James <laughs> Brown was rapping in the big payback. Yo, oh, yeah, facts. facts. I'm mad. I can dig scrapping. But I can't dig that backstabbing. I got to mm -hmm. deal with you. That's James Brown. How do you dismiss that? Oh, because he right. wasn't rapping the way today was. But James Brown's one of the most sampled, celebrated artists in the history of music and rap music slash hip hop music. It just is. I, I'll throw you another one. You ready to really trip around? Be, be careful now. 
You ready for me? Ready. Lou Costello from the famous Abbott and Costello duo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was a rapper. Mm. Danny Kay, comedian, actor of his day, was a rapper. No, he was great. Go watch some of his older movies. Right. Where he does, he does the, the vessel from the pestles as the brew that is true. And if you think you can rap like that, talk to me. Let me know, right? <laughs> if you think you can rap like Luke Costello, three cheers for the red, white, and Captain Brown. Hip, 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 hooray. And he starts rhyming the way he did because he was scatting from what Ella Fitzgerald did and other great artists of her day. Yeah, I seen a video where yeah. I seen a video where Pepe Le Pew was rapping and they tried to say it was Kendrick Lamar. Y'all saw that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, that do sound like Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> but the point I'm making about this is when you go to groups like Parliament Funkadelic and the Roger yeah, yeah, man. But I, I did this to somebody once I've got the biggest argument. I said, Michael Jackson is hip-hop. Michael Jackson is not hip-hop. What are you talking about, Great, He's not. He's popping king of pop. No, he's hip-hop. Wasn't he a part of the group called the Jackson Five? Yeah. Yes. Don't we all scratch dancing machine? Mm. Well, that don't count. Yes, it does. Yes, it, yeah. don't, we all, don't we all scratch I want you back in ABC? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, it is. In his own way, but that was the real. I said, "No, but see, you dismiss how hip hop evolved and right. became, and where it was. So you're saying rappers' delight is better than Sheik's good times? How? If it wasn't for good times, oh yeah, rappers' delight. Mm -hmm. right. If there was no good times, there would be no bounce rock skate roll." Mm -hmm. If there wasn't for good times, there'd be no Miss You by the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me that hip-hop, rap music, and its culture hasn't permeated the world in a way it allowed us to bring great other artists together, like Eminem, who stands on his own doing his music his way, but the opposite side of that is, well, then there's Vanilla Ice. Oh, he was whack. And he, no, he wasn't. You don't sell 10 million records and you're whacked. Right. Just like you can't say, well, Hamble's whacked and all that dancing around for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Are we doing that now? Huh. <laughs> Believe me, I don't know any rap artist that'll turn down an endorsement deal to make a buck. Man, Jerry Rice put a helmet with a chicken wing on for Popeyes. <laughs> and I, that hurt. That hurt a little bit, but I, like like you said, they if they show Jerry Rice a check and the numbers is what he's looking for, he gonna have a chicken wing on his helmet. People gonna do what they have to do to take care of their family, take care of their pocket, and make sure there's a hole in this house. There's a hole in this house. Come on, uh -huh. I, that's why I say people throw that all that nonsense out there, and I say stop, stop. You just mad you didn't get the check. All day, because they would have did it. Mm-hmm. Believe me, yeah. didn't Run DMC make Adidas cool? Uh, 
Man, look, that's what I, I was just going through that because I still got a pair of true religion jeans, and somebody was like, "Oh, we don't wear true religion no more at, at, ever since um, two chain stuff or something." I'm like, "What?" So, so I mean, my now my true religions ain't cool no more. But you got people who won't wear them anymore because of stuff like that. Everything just, has a cycle. Cycles, cycles, life goes in cycles. Ride more skateboards. Used to ride bicycles. Come on. This stuff is, it, doesn't, it doesn't change, man. Okay. So uh so, so tell us tell us a little bit more about the the foundation. You know, I, I know I read about a couple of challenges you had, um, you know, dealing with diabetes. So I see you have the, the, well, the Dr. Dre Victory Foundation. Right. I'm a, I'm a blind amputee and a type 2 diabetic. I consider myself to be super bad. That's yeah, you're a superhero nothing, all day. There's nothing I can't do that I couldn't do before. I may do it a little slower, but I still do it and I still get it over. That's what it's about. The foundation is being able to expose more people with disabilities and special needs to greater accessibility. For blind folks, we want to find better ways for us to be able to get around, not only just with a guide dog, but technology offers us a lot of opportunity, except tonight when the light went out. And I went, <laughs> okay, now I'm really in the dark. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Um, even at amputees, being I had my right lower leg amputated because I fell down a flight of stairs, and whatever happened, I don't let things get me down. What mm -hmm. I do is I go, well, how can I turn this around? Being a type two diabetic, it taught me more about my health, my wellness, my fitness, and what goes in our food. And what do we need to do to change that? Mm -hmm. So the Dr. Dre Victory Foundation is to actually help bring people along, find ways to create great collaboration, find great alliances. And I used to have a show on the, um, Rock the Bells Radio with my good friend, the late, great Prince Marky D. Mm. We did an episode called The Doctor's Appointment. And I used to tell him about all the stuff that I do and different foods. He's like, Trey, you really do that? I said, yeah, man, for real. Now I don't believe you. <laughs> I said, Marky, trust me, man. Uh, for Thanksgiving, when, well, two, two, three years ago, before he passed, he said, what did you have for Thanksgiving? I said, I had a smoothie. Smoothie what? Smoothie, man. So I said, I honestly just wanted to fast, but the smoothie was healthier than me going to getting a piece of that turkey. Okay. And those macaroni and cheese and delving deep in them sweet potatoes. I love me some sweet potatoes. <laughs> I really love my mama, my sister, my wife's sweet potatoes. But yeah. I was like, nah, I'm just gonna have this smoothie. And he was like, yo, how do you do that? I said, how don't I? I mean, I want my body to heal. So mm -hmm. I hooked up with another late great. Notice I'm using the word late with a lot of people because a lot of people keep saying, is Dre still alive? Yeah, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Late great Dick Gregory, and he showed me a few things to do. And then I started researching and talking to a lot of great nutritionist doctors, people who understand what your body needs and how your body can heal itself. And I'm working on a few things that we're going to put out to try to help people. So yeah. my main goal is Let's give and let's help folks. Yeah, what is this? Uh, we can make this work. I was gonna shout out my friend, man, because my like one of my best friends growing up, he actually had lost his leg like two years ago, but then he just passed like two months ago. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry he to hear that. Yeah, he was going through condoms. it. Like he was, he lost his he went he was diabetic. He lost his leg. Then I was talking to him. He was working on you know. Uh, he got fitted. He was working on getting back. He passed away. He just passed away. So I well, feel I, that. I, I was talking to the late great Liz Marquis as he got ill, and people said, "Well, Dre, doesn't that scare you?" I said, "Well, let's put it this way." <clears throat> I know there's a creator above and beyond everything that I do. And the master plan has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. And at a time when I was at what I thought my lowest, that voice came to me and said, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I ain't finished with you I yet. Got, I got so much that you got to do. And even when you're still, I'm working on you. So I started reading a lot more. I started listening a lot better. And I started understanding what food affects me a certain way. But let me tell you, I am the biggest food addict on the planet. That's the way it is. <laughs> we all are food addicts. Mm-hmm. But a lesson a good friend of mine, Dr. Joel Furman taught me, if you're gonna cheat, make sure the next day you jump back on the wagon mm-hmm. and double down on them salads, on those greens, mm-hmm. beans, mushrooms, onions, berries, and seeds. And that's what I live my life by, G-bombing. Mm. And again, it's not that hard. So listen, <laughs> my brother, come in. You actually drink okra water? What the hell is that? What is it, okra water? Okra water. Damn. I take you do? three pieces of okra, put it in mm. a glass jar. It's gotta be glass, about 16 to 20 ounces. I pour my 16 ounce bottle of water in it. Then I put my liquid oregano. Drop it two in there. <laughs> Take that sucker up, put it in the fridge overnight. First thing in yeah. the morning, down it goes. And believe me, my body goes, thank you. Because that crap, you ain't got to leave the body. So there's a, there's a yeah. lot of good stuff to mess with. Some um, people do a lot of um, uh, sea moss. Mm-hmm. Very good for you. Zinc, bladder rack. I mean, the list goes on. Juniper berries, sour sap. Follow me. Check me out. Go to Dr. Dre 39 at Instagram or at your Twitter. Ask questions. I'll see what I can do. Or let's bring forth folks together and say, hey, let's try this. This is what we do at the Dr. Dre Victory Foundation. We try to build and try to help people extend that good thing called life. Y'all, I was gonna ask you because I actually I actually watch a lot of uh, Dick Gregory's videos and I, I hear him talk about fasting. I would say, can you just talk about like a little of the stuff he shows you? Yes. Well, fasting is good because you want to give your body an opportunity to release the impurities from the toxins of all the food that we eat. I stopped drinking soda almost two decades ago because mm. I just I really believe it was soda that really made my diabetes go through the roof, but. That's in another book. We'll talk about that. But just increase your water. If you're going to drink some crap, double down with your water. I drink 64 ounces of water a day. Minimum. Some days, a little bit more. Some days, a little bit less. I drink some tea, green tea, herbal tea. Every once in a while, I have decaffeinated coffee, iced coffee. It's a balance. Life's about a balance. 
Right. You can't be leaning real hard to one thing and only doing the good stuff here and there. Yeah. But, but your body I- works. Your body will heal itself when mm. you go too far. But you got to give your body the opportunity to heal yourself. I just went to a new doctor today and he said, um, oh, Mr. Brown, or looking at your charts and my goodness, you know, I've heard about you and you've got some issues. I said, all of us have issues. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, but you, you seem to like get better. <laughs> yeah. How did you do it? Well, let's stop taking your medicine. What? Yeah. Because <sighs> some of it works. And I don't, I don't advise that for anyone unless you're under the care of a doctor and work with your doctor, with your endocrinologist, get checkups, get regular blood blood workups so you know what's going on in you. So, I mean, you can go and smoke all the weed you want. You can do everything you want to do like that, but make sure that your body's functioning with what you're smoking. Because that weed we smoke today ain't the weed I grew up with. <laughs> uh, I we, we didn't, when I was growing up, we didn't have a chronic. The chronic was trying to hide it from your parents. <laughs> uh, I had herb back then. They called it herb. Yeah, it was herb. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you too because I heard I heard uh, Dick Gregory. He was talking about liquid fast too, and I was like, "Damn, he do liquid fast." I think he said he did a liquid fast for like a week. I was like, "Shit!" Oh, Dick Gregory was so in tune with his body and what it could do. He could fast for weeks and knew exactly what to put in it. So I learned a lot of things from him about what certain supplements do and what certain foods do for you. So as I said, when I hooked up with Dr. Furman, he's the one who talked about G-bombing. So every day when I want to eat, I go, where's my greens? Where's, where's, where's my beans? Where's my mushrooms? Where's my onions? Where's my berries? Well, every morning I wake up with a, uh, a handful of blueberries. This is the best thing for antioxidants and your immune system. And berries are, I mean, seeds are cheese seeds, flax seeds, and hemp seeds. You can add that, right. add them to anything. And it, and it don't take the taste away. Oh, man, this tastes crazy. Where am I using that? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, it's just, and, nah, and, you and can do it. Some years and get your body working for you. That's just my philosophy. Are you motivating me right now? Yeah. So, I, I appreciate it. That's like the... Uh, that's like what I see in hip hop. I see fitness being a part of hip hop now. Like yes, a lot is. of people, a lot of people were pushing fitness. You know, like Russell Simmons, the Locks, even like Wiz Khalifa, Action Bronson. A lot of people be you know working out, pushing their fitness. So I like that. That's like becoming a part of the culture. I like it a lot. Well, the first great fitness person in hip hop was Melly Mel. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> still cold. The first five. Nobody had a body like him. At that time, okay. Then you know, Fifty Cent came when Fifty Cent came out. It was like, okay, yeah. okay. LL Cool oh, oh, J, LL Cool J. Well, I'm talking about from way, way back. LL was 16 when I saw him, and he was in perfect physical shape. He always told me that, and so I mean, when that's in your mindset, then you do the right things. Right. I saw. I was reading. You you was in the black music history class with Chuck D. That's how is that how you guys met? Yes, we were at Delphi University, uh, where I went to school, 
and we were in Dr. Lake again. Like, this is them showing my age because the late great always keeps popping up. The late great Dr. Professor Andre Strobert, he had a black music class, and it was Mr. Bill Stephanie, uh, president of Def Jam, uh, Harry, Harry McGregor, aka Harry Allen. I gotta ask him, the one and only Carlton Rodenauer, aka Chucky D slash Chuck D, public enemy, Spectrum City thing, and yours truly, Dr. Dre. Yeah. And did you, did you guys, you, and you guys, uh, and Flavor Flav was there too, right? I saw that. I was like, oh, he was a DJ. You no, know, everyone keeps bringing Flavor Flav. He was never part of that? No, Flavor, Flavor worked with us at the radio station mm. in Spectrum City. President Hank Shockley, aka the Bomb Squad, um, Wizard KJ, Double EKG, aka Keith Shockley, Bomb Squad, Butch Cassidy. Spectrum City, Chuck Chucky D slash Chuck D, and MCBJ Flavor, aka Flavor Flav, Public mm. Enemy, and then we were there as the concept, T Money, aka Yo Yo Mailman, uh, Rapper G, mm-hmm. Easy G Rockwell, World Class DJ Winner, um, before the before Jazzy J, Jazzy Jeff, uh, Easy G won that title. And yours truly, plus other great people like my good friend Wildman Steve and his crew, the late great Rusty J, the night nurse Amy Wachtel. We had a hell of a crew. Stephanie Zia, Concept Cuties, Barbara Simon, Von Atkinson, and the lists go on and on and on. I call it one of the greatest hip hop incubators of all time. What we did at Adelphi at WBAU 90.3. FM, yes, and big shout out to the one and only John Schmidt, who have told it together with us. Oh, oh and then I uh, so 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 to, in, pre- in preparation for the interview, I, I I went on YouTube and I I saw for the love of you, I watched it and I watched uh, back up off me. How, how did those songs come about? You 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 guys was gonna you guys wanted to be rappers and then you just backed off, or that was just something to experiment with. Well. In the book, you'll read the early book that I'm doing now, which explains these stories. That's why I went back to start writing this one, too. Mm-hmm. We, we original, the original concept, a.k.a. the concept assigned to Def Jam, we never thought we were going to be rappers. We mm-hmm. did a promo called Knowledge Me for the station. Rick Rubin loved it. He thought it was crazy. I did another song, which was called Can You Feel It?, which came from BAU promo. Same way Chuck D's Public Enemy Number 1, it was a BAU promo. So when I used to be on the road with the Beasties, we would DJ battle from tape machine to tape machine, and I would play BAU All-Stars, and they would play Led Zeppelin, Errol Smith, <laughs> Carl, and all this other stuff. And we go back and forth. And everybody loved this song Chuck did, called Public Enemy Number One. Mm-hmm. So as far as being an original concept, we never thought rap, being a rapper, I never thought I was a rapper. I love rap music. I knew how to entertain. So we decided to develop it as something different. And that's why we were original concept. Because there was another group that came out before we were released as the concept. And it was the late great, here we go again, the late great MCA, Adam Yao, who said, well, then you call yourselves original concept. I hated it. Because <laughs> we already printed up t-shirts saying the concept. And our logo and the whole thing ready. 
So I had to go back and readjust some of those T-shirts that we gave out to people. That's what's up. My father, my father-in-law, he he just turned uh, he just turned sixty on the uh, I think on the third, and I told him you was gonna be on the show, so he told me to tell you what up. He 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 here we here in Brooklyn, New York. He was just like, yo, I I I, I, I like them. I used to watch your TV raps all the time, so I told him I would tell you. Uh, he, he said, "What's up?" <laughs> I told him I said, "What's up?" He probably listened to us when we were on BAU because BAU rocks Bushwick. BAU rocks. Mm-hmm. I think Scott. I heard of it. BAU, we rocked from Brooklyn to Queens, parts of Staten Island, um, parts of the Bronx, um, Nassau, parts of Suffolk. Yeah, we BAU reached out. We were kind of blessed there. Yes, what's up? And that's um, how we got. That's how we started our rap career. But um, our album "Straight from the Basement" with Cooley High. I thought it was pretty good. Thought we did a good job. We went on tour. And even Queen Latifah and the great DJ Mark the 45 King opened for us with the rap of her madness. And that's mm-hmm. when we met the one and only great Moni Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I had to start writing this other book. Because people were like, what? You got a lot of stories, too, yeah. I didn't even know you did all that. Yeah, I did. Is it easier when you start writing the stories start coming to you, or you already got those stories saved in your memory? Or as when you write, you're like, "Oh, dang, this did this happened too," and you you start writing it down. Well, what happens is that for me, I recall where I was, and everything just comes running like to my mind, and I can just tell all the stories. And it was Chuck who actually broke my arm. I said, "Dre, you need to write a book." I said, "Chuck, I can't write a book." Dre. You need to write a book. You got the best stories. You remember every freaking thing. I hate because you remember everything. And then he and I'll sit and go back and forth. And three or four hours later, I said, see, that's two books right there. So hey. <laughs> he's the one who got me to write your biggest stuff and start that one. And then after I started doing interviews about it, people were asking me about my days with the Beasties and Run DMC. People didn't know that, you know, we wrote Proud to be Black. They're like, what? Yeah. Yep. So, so uh, 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 Paul, well, Paul, we, 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 us together, we getting ready, well, we working on opening up our starting a hip hop museum with some digital content first. So I guess when you, when the book drop and, you know, maybe we could come back on, uh, we could talk about some stories in the book and we could make that an exhibit in, in this, uh, in the hip hop museum. Because uh, our thing is pre- our thing is preserving a lot of things that happen uh, in, in in the culture in this library. So if that's something that you will be interested in when the book drops, maybe we could do another audio portion or somewhere. We'll, we'll, Poe could put that in the museum. We'll do an audio and a visual one, and I'll make sure somebody's here with a light. <laughs> yeah, right now it's the boom boom room, but we're working on it. Yeah, all day. So look, it's an honor. It's an honor for us to have you on here. Um, so, I, I, so, so on behalf of, of me and Poe, thank you for coming. Thank you for taking time out your your schedule. Um, is there anything you know? Any, anybody? If there's anybody listening, uh, any any words of wisdom or any advice you want to give somebody who 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 may be going through diabetes, who maybe want to become part of the hip hop culture. Any, any advice? My major piece of advice for people involved with 
hip hop culture, hip hop music, rap music. We have to stop killing each other. Mm. We have to stop killing each other. We got to end this cycle of extreme gun violence mm -hmm. because there's another force out there coming at us with all people of color mm -hmm. and all people of different progressive thoughts and all people with love. So I say, I hear y'all, you have your affiliations, you've chosen your sides. And at the end of the day, we're the only ones getting buried. And now mm -hmm. we're burying children and mm -hmm. babies. And babies are shooting the babies. And I'm not talking about a baby because there's a young teenager. But what is an 11-year-old girl? Oh, in the Bronx, yeah. With your issue, with you on the back of a moped. He's 13, though. And the one on the back of the moped. He's 13. I'm like, what the hell y'all, what was y'all thinking? <laughs> and you're firing wildly. And the 18-year-old's driving it. That what, is what, what did you solve? Um, oh, because you missed the other guy? And the thing is, both your lives will be changed forever. All day. Her, her parents won't ever see her again. And nine out of ten, yours won't see you again. Because right. they're not playing. Because you're 13. They're not going to throw you in the juvie till you're 18 and let you go. No. Yeah, you try you as an adult. Spaces for you. They're, no, 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 no. You was a tough guy. You could pull the trigger. So you so tough. Do this time. Do this right. long stretch. Right. And we and we but, not even thinking because they blame now they they blame the mass shootings on rap. I'm like, look, well, because we let's, mm -hmm. let's 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 not act like we don't put a lot of stuff on video. I know, I, I know. we do. We do. As I say, where is the love? Mm -hmm. Got to find the love. We got to use the love. Who the tree? That ain't real. Thank you. Thank you now. So killing a loving your own is real. Well, I'm sorry. My creator, that master planner, doesn't see it that way. Because that, that spirit, that guidance, didn't create that weapon. Didn't create what we do in the street the way we do. But we can find a better way. And if you want to call me soft, I'm soft. Oh, that ain't soft. What my what my what my son said though. My son said, "Look, hey, well, whoever did that, the hood, you don't protect that. You, you don't protect that. He killed a little girl. Like y'all gotta y'all gotta out. Y'all gotta tell the police who he is." <laughs> I mean, how did that feel when they came and went to a hotel to find his brothers, sisters, and his mother, and took him away in cuffs? What's that about? There's nothing tough about that. Okay. There's nothing tough about that. Think about it this way. All due respect to Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. the notorious B.I.G. who I knew, Biggie Smalls. The MTA did a card in his honor. Oh. This year. Yeah. Right? The Empire State Building changed the lights to honor the notorious B.I.G. But I got a problem. One thing, he was born the day after El Haj Malik Shabazz, mm. aka Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. He's got no MTA card. Mm. They didn't change the lights on a building. And I have to say this to be honest 
Malcolm did more in his life than Biggie never lived to do. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me because Biggie can rhyme on a beat. <laughs> Malcolm did when Malcolm was shot in the Audubon ballroom, fighting for our freedom, fighting for our blessings, mm-hmm. fighting for our love. Nothing against Christopher Wallace. Love him. Miss him. Miss Tupac. Who's birthday tomorrow? What we doing? What Let me tell you. Hey, June 1671, the day mama pushed me out of room, told me nigga get paid. Hey, it's my birthday hear, tomorrow. When I hear Tupac, I hear Michael X. when I hear Tupac. Say what? When I hear Tupac, I hear Michael X. No, I don't. I don't ever. I cannot conflate the two that easily. A.K.A. Malcolm X. Please read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. You cannot be influenced by Malcolm and say, oh, I'm taking up the thing for Malcolm. No, it's impossible. Tupac could have been influenced by Malcolm, but read the autobiography of Malcolm X as told to by Lawrence Fishburne on an audible book. Please, please. Are you not talking about that? Oh, you're not you talking about another one? You're not talking about the Alex Haley book? Educated. Excuse me? You talking about another Malcolm X book? You're not talking about the Alex Haley one? No, it's, it's the autobiography of Malcolm X as told to Alex Haley. Okay. But yeah. Lawrence Fishburne has done the audible version <laughs> and reread the book. <laughs> Same book, but take it to heart and listen to his words. Listen to his passion. Understand, when you read that book and think about what's going on today, he spoke of these things before they happened. No, I Same way Marvin Gaye did when no. he did Let's Get It On. I mean, when he did What's Going On. No, I said, I, me personally, I listened to Malcolm X when I was little, like, because I guess my dad and my parents made us read it, but he was the one that made me start reading because he was talking about in the book how he started reading so much he, he had to wear glasses. And I was like, damn, yes. I, was like, I was like, that's why he's smart. So I started reading a long time ago, but I was talking about his speeches. I was saying, if you listen to his speeches, like Tupac listened to Malcolm X's speeches. Oh, oh, I know Everybody, that for a fact. Yeah, look, yeah. I went to school with Chuck. That's in my book. We'll talk about that stuff a little later, probably in another interview. But here's the thing. We all are educated by the knowledge we possess and the knowledge we obtain. Never mm-hmm. stop learning. Never stop thirsting for knowledge. So if Tupac thirsted and became quenched with it, mm-hmm. great, great. But my thing is, I have to celebrate El Haj Malik Shabazz, mm-hmm. Malcolm X, yeah. always first. They definitely need to give him a card. I didn't like the Biggie thing because I, I mean I, I like I didn't like it that the people only wanted to go and get it because they thought they could resell it. You have people who probably never even listened to a Biggie song lined up all outside them train stations trying to buy these things. I'm like, man, that ain't even what this was about. This was trying to, you know, honor his him, but people all we like they say we're a capitalist society, so what that's what that's what we should what's to expect that what's think gonna happen it. anyway. Think about it, think about it like when we finally got Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday to be a national holiday, except in Arizona. Think about it. Now mm-hmm. we think about Martin Luther King's birthday. Oh, this mattress is a sale. Oh, I'm gonna give me some shoes. <laughs> oh, do this. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. 
Martin, yeah. Martin, people don't realize when Martin Luther King was assassinated, he wasn't the most popular person in America. Hmm. At time. True. True. Not the case. But this is why I say I always want to learn. I always want to help educate. And I'm always willing to be challenged. I have no problem with that. Because mm -hmm. I get to learn and I get to be, but Trey, you said this and this is wrong. Damn, you got me. <laughs> Teach me. Teach me better. Oh, That's what it's about. That's what I say. Don't take offense to what I said. I know people always touch me. No, Trey was putting Biggie down. No, I wasn't. I was saying, let's elevate. Right. Don't don't settle. That's like settling in a way. It's like, and, and look, and I always make a joke about this stuff. When when stuff happens and it riles us up as, as, a, as a black community, I'm like, look, they must call Michael Jordan up and be like, look, they getting out of control. Can you release one of your sneakers again? Because <laughs> they gonna they go calm down to go stand in line to buy them sneakers. And, and, and but I say with us, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way, though. No, you know you shouldn't stop fighting for what you believe in because a Jordan Eleven is about to come out tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely, think about it like this: there were ten incredible, incredible people of color, black folks, in Buffalo, New York, going about their daily business and shopping on a Saturday. Some were grandmothers, aunts, uncles friends, cousins, and they were gunned down for no reason because of one young man's demented view of who black people are, mm -hmm. people of color. Why haven't we rallied to get that grocery store reopened mm -hmm. immediately in this food desert? Some mm -hmm. people go for miles to get there to get their food. So what when, when it was shut down, where did they eat? Right. What did they do? But you know what I'm inspired by? I'm inspired by the World Central Kitchen. The World Central Kitchen with Chef Jesus Andres, who feeds people. Mm -hmm. If you have if you have Disney Plus, please watch. We feed people. Okay. We feed people. And then let's talk about why you need to shoot an 11-year-old and why we're living uh. in inflationary times and outrageous gas prices. But you want to blame Biden. It's not his fault. It's not even his reasoning. Because when we were all enjoying our pandemic, <laughs> But when the Republican rhetoric took it away from you and the gas companies raised those prices, you don't have his back. That's why you have to read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Because when he got it at the Autobahn ballroom, we didn't have his back. And we need him now more than ever. So that's why we have that book. And that's why we should read from it. So folks, Please tamper down on that gun violence from Brooklyn to Queens to the Bronx to Nassau County, Long Island, Suffolk County, Compton, Houston, Sidetown, Detroit. I mean, I'll go through the whole damn country. <laughs>
We got That's to save we. We got to come together as people of color, indigenous folks, because we have the love that will solve all our problems. It's mm -hmm. here. It's here. You are the key. We the key. Appreciate it, Paul. You got Thank anything you. for for for, for for Mr. Dr. Dre before we roll out? Uh, I just said nighttime to you, my uncle. You don't even know it. <laughs> Salute, well, nephew. Nephew, it's going to be an honor working with you. And I really thank you for the blessing. I'm going to share all the books and stuff as they come out. Everything we do, you're one of my big stops. And thank Let's you for it. taking a chance to speak with me, listen to me, and for me to be with you. All right, thank peace, you. brother. Love all the time, brothers. Peace, Lord. Take care. All right, y'all. We out. Popolitikin.com.